Gene Show contains the distressing history of men's abuse of Miss Bingley, my 2010 Prius. If your car has experienced abuse by men, please, 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 uh, dear listener, uh, dear listener, proceed with listening with great caution and do not torment yourselves. Call her on the phone. Call her on the phone. When you're all alone, darling, ask Eugene. Ask Eugene. Ask Eugene. Good old Auntie E will fix your shit. Hello, 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 hello. I remember, I'm so old, I remember the days when you could tell the difference between a $248,000 Maserati and a $19,000 Ford Fiesta. And, you know, have you noticed that these days, nearly all the cars look alike? So this is, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be hard. Because you're going to have to advise me. You're going to have to like, you know, press that button where you get to speak and you get to call in and advise me which car to buy. Uh, two choices. The Subaru Impreza, which has the best safety features, or the basic Prius, which gets 58 uh, 58 miles, 58. <laughs> Can you imagine 58 miles to the gallon? Now, let me tell you, I am a car crazy woman. And this choice makes me sick to my stomach. It is so, so boring because you see, I was raised in Indiana. I grew up ranking Indy 500 crashes. Okay. I argued as a child on the St. John the Baptist grade school playground, which Indy driver 
burst into more flames than the other Indy driver who burst into flames. Yeah, I actually ranked, I ranked uh, Indy 500 crashes. Do um, you know what my number one uh, Indy uh, 500 crash uh, ranking accident is? <sighs> Two-time winner and reigning Indy 500 champion, Bill Bukovic. Bill Bukovic flying over the backfield, you know, the back wall, uh, the back wall, that's called a retaining wall. He flew over it in his car, somersaulting. He, in the car, somersaulting. Uh, actually, not all the car went over the wall. Some of the car went over. Somersaulting four or five times and was decapitated. Uh, now, people uh, are going to say, some people are going to say he was not decapitated. And some people are going to say he was decapitated. Um, I'm not going to look it up right now uh, because we're going to get on to my number two rank crash. This is what I'm about. Uh, I'm going to say I'm 10 when I'm ranking these. And um, my second ranked crash was Billy Arnold. Now, he was the defending Indy winner. And he broke his rear axle, crashed into the wall. His tire soared into the town of Speedway, Indiana, which is right next to the track, as you know, and landed on the head of little Wilbur Brink, age 11, who was playing in his backyard, and it killed him instantly. Now, you can see why why having this choice of the Subaru or the Prius is so sickening to me, because they're not exciting. So the Indy 500 is the largest single-day sporting event in the world. It's run at the Indianapolis Speedway, the largest sporting facility on Earth. In the time I'm about to talk about, and you know I'm going to talk about it, uh, women were not allowed to drive in the Indiana, uh, Indiana in, in Indianapolis 500. They were not allowed. Women were not allowed to walk on the track. Women, needless to say, were not allowed in the pits or anywhere near the pits. Now, what were women allowed to do in the Indianapolis 500? Women were allowed to reign as princess or as queen. So there are 33 cars in the race. So that means there are 33 princesses. And the princesses, they attend the race, they attend the balls, they appear on floats in the parades, they ride on the backs of the 33 official pace cars, and uh, they compete to be the Indianapolis 500 queen and present the winner of the race with the very famous bottle of milk. Okay, so picture 1963. <laughs> Oh, my God, I'm already laughing. Uh, I am Miss Indiana University. And because I am Miss Indiana University, I am asked to be one of the 33 princesses buying to be queen of the Indianapolis 500. Now, I would prefer, of course, to drive <laughs> rather uh, uh, drive in rather than right over the race, because at this time, I don't drive anywhere unless I was going at least 115 uh, miles an hour. Uh, I used to drive this 
big, big Ford, uh, banana cream colored Ford, uh, with that huge engine. And that big Ford engine, by the way, uh, did very well in NASCAR races. So picture the 33 princesses standing with our hands over our hearts in the royal box of the Indianapolis 500 grandstand as the Purdue marching band plays the Star Spangled Banner. And then picture us letting fall a shower of tears as Brian Sullivan, the he's sort of a semi-famous opera singer, Anyway, his body is found like six years after this Indy 500, floating in Lake Geneva in Switzerland, uh, where he was the lead opera, uh, lead, uh, the lead singer in an opera. Anyway, so uh, uh, Brian Sullivan is singing Back Home Again in Indiana. And then the princesses, we all cheer. Now, here comes a name from the past. Everybody over 50 is going to recognize his name. Tony Holman steps onto the track and says, gentlemen, start your engines. And as far as I can remember, <clears throat> well, with the help, major help of Wikipedia, Parnelli Jones, in a red, white, and blue car nicknamed Old Calhoun, Parnelli is in the pole position, and now I'm going to have to go to Wikipedia, and he leads in lap one and possibly lap two, Bobby Unzer crashes into the wall on turn one in lap three. Alan Crow loses a wheel and crashes in lap 46. You know, there are 200 laps in this. It's 500 miles. So smoke. Now here's the famous smoke. Smoke is seen coming out of Parnelli Jones engine in lap 80. Now remember that it's, this smoke is the most famous smoke in indie history. Um, Eddie Johnson spins like an egg beater all the way down the back stretch and crashes in uh, lap 120. Dwayne Carter explodes an engine in lap 160. Uh -uh, here it comes. Eddie Sachs hits the wall on turn three in lap 179. That's key. Eddie Sachs pit crew calls for a black flag on Parnelli Jones, claiming Eddie crashes because, because Parnelli is leaking oil and smoke like, excuse me, lady listeners, excuse me, I'm going to quote, like a motherfucker, and Roger McCluskey, he spins out and crap, hold it. Guess what? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, this is not the first time this has occurred to me, but wouldn't we solve our political problems in America if we could just give every Republican senator an Indy 500 race car? Can you imagine? There would not be a senator upright. There would not be a Republican senator standing upright if he, uh, if we gave them each a race car. Oh, that would be Oh my God! Can you imagine them spinning out? Oh, it'd be fabulous. Okay, anyway, let's go back. Okay, where was I? Uh, Parnelli Jones. Okay, so um, uh, where was I? So Eddie Sachs is asking for a black flag, and his pit crew is asking for a black flag, and Parnelli Jones uh, goes on. And are you 
By the way, are you wondering? Are you wondering who was crowned Indianapolis 500 queen? Well, each of the 33 princesses, we all got a car assigned to us for the week, and we each got a limited edition Chrysler 300. Gorgeous. The thing weighed about, I don't know, five or six tons. And I remember, oh boy, dare I talk about this? I don't know. Well, let me get a sip of water here. Hang on. Okay. Okay, I'm going to tell you about it. Okay, I remember the night of the crowning. We all got dressed. All the 33 princesses got dressed. Oh, my God. I can't believe I'm going to tell you this. Got dressed for the Coronation Ball in the Sheridan Hotel, okay? Now, my escort was Mike Troy. Mike Troy, the Olympic gold medal winner. Uh, You know, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. He was the love of my life. He was the owner, by the way, of a 57 Ford. He had named Rosignate. Uh, from the great, you know, uh, uh, Don Quixote. And Mike Troy and I sneaked out of the coronation ball and we returned to the room to make out. And one of the chaperones is looking for some princess. Some princess left her bracelet in the room. And so the chaperone comes back to get it and surprises Mike Troy and I French kissing on the bed. What? She screamed, are you doing? Now, I can't remember this chaperone's name. Um, and you know what I said to her? I turned around and said, oh, we're working on my English paper. And she cut, she literally actually covered her eyes with her hand and said, go back to the dance at once. And Mike Troy says, we were just looking uh, for Jeannie's copy of the bell jar. Uh, and, you know, uh, you know, a few months after this, Mike Troy shipped out to Vietnam as a UDT. That was the precursor to the sale, uh, to the seals. And these are the days when our, well, we called them our boys, could jump out of planes swim up rivers, lose four or five of their limbs, die for their country, but are not allowed to roll around with a girl on a bed in the Sheridan Hotel. Okay? So, I remember Miss Chaperone was standing next, <laughs> standing next to the door. I mean, her hand was clutching at the door frame. Her other hand was shielding her eyes, and she kept saying, out, out, out! And, uh, and um, uh, Mike Troy wished her a good evening. Now, um, I had already been reprimanded uh, by this horrible little man on the Queen Committee. Uh, you know, he ran around this con- this this whole this whole week of Queen festivities. He ran around like it was the wedding of Princess Grace and Prince Rainier of Monaco. You should have seen this hideous little man. Anyway, he censured me for shouting at some cute mechanics because from a tower I climbed up at the racetrack. So frankly, between you and me, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, my prospects for the queenship (laughs) were never that good. And uh, it will come as no surprise 
that my Pi Beta Phi, let's stand up and salute, sorority sister, the beautiful Kokomo, Indiana farm girl, Miss Linda Lou Mug. She uh, deservedly, what a charming girl. I remember uh, her mother one time found a jar of Vaseline in the barn and came in and, and said, what is this, Linda Lou? And Linda Lou literally had no idea what it was about. Anyway, uh, so it was Linda Lou Mug who won. Sorry for telling that story, Linda Lou. Uh, uh, she became queen of the Indy 500. And Linda Lou Mug presented Parnelli Jones with the bottle of milk. Okay. So why am I asking you to... T- to help me choose uh, uh, my new car. Uh, you can see I'm bored, bored, bored with my two choices. But um, uh, one's a Prius, one's a Subaru. And now I'm going to tell you about uh, Miss Bingley. Miss Bingley is my Prius. This is the car I'm driving now. This is Miss Bingley. She's named for the mean girl. In Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice, okay? Miss Bingley weighs 8,500 pounds, and she's made of, look this up on Toyota, hibiscus plants. She's made from the same thing of the in the hibiscus family. Now, Miss Bingley was lounging on a used car lot in New Jersey. Uh, she was dreaming of her fated youth, uh, when my dog, Lewis Carroll, jumped into her backseat, and she, he just refused to budge. So I paid $6,999 for her, and then I brought her home, and I flew in, flew in special automotive paint from California at a cost of $157.52 plus oh God, $199 for anti-explosive shipping, and I hand-painted... That's right, hand-painted, ladies and gentlemen, blue polka dots and green frogs on Miss Bingley, um, which is only fitting. You know, I'm an Indianapolis 500 princess. I'm not going to ride around in some dumb-looking Prius. I've just painted her up. She was fabulous. If you don't believe it, go to Ask Eugene, to the Ask Eugene substack right now, and look at Miss Bingley. I mean, really, look at the post called uh, Joyride. And there's a picture of Miss Bingley. Um, so why am I looking for a new car if I have Miss Bingley? That's the horrible story I'm about to tell you now. And I warn you, there. I warn you, I warn you strongly uh, for all car lovers. This is going to be a little history of the men who abused Miss Bingley. Um, and it's going to be painful to listen to. <clears throat> okay, let's start out with the brakes. Now, when it comes to car brakes, there are good brakes. There are bad brakes. There are very bad brakes. There are really very bad brakes. And there are brakes after you bounce your poor Miss Bingley over a log in the red dirt of Eden, Georgia. Okay, so many warning lights were flashing <laughs> on Miss Bingley's 
dashboard when I rolled over this log, indicating that I should stop right now, immediately. Stop, stop, stop. You know, that blaring red thing stops up. That when I reached uh, the Powers Baptist Church Cemetery in Eden, I pulled over to the side of the road and looked under Miss Bingley's skirts. And my spirits were lifted somewhat when every, mind you, every single one, every single old boy in Georgia who stopped to inquire if I needed any help. And I got to say, the gentleman of the South, I don't think a guy went by without stopping to ask if he could help. Anyway, uh, every single one of them said not to pay any attention, <laughs> not to pay any attention to the, uh, to the warning lights. One old boy said <laughs> he'd driven his camper uh, the quote is like that for years. So what would you do, dearest listener? Huh? Uh, what would you do? You're saying you, you got every light on your dashboard telling you Miss Bingley's about ready to croak. And this, these old boys are telling you, forget it, forget it. You know, drive on. So I drove Miss Bingley all the way to Savannah at 25 miles per hour. And when I rolled in, and, you know, going into a, a, I don't know if you've ever done this. Have you gone into a Toyota service place? It's like rolling into a fine hotel. I mean, they wait on your hand and foot. Popcorn, free, free, pop, pop, whatever you. And, you know, they hoisted Miss Bingley up on uh, uh, stilts or whatever they hoist him up on. And, you know, the tech took a look at her and, and uh, um, you know. He comes back to me, you know, an hour later, and he says, Ma'am, you got here just in time. The blank, blank, blank is missing. What happened? Were you in a wreck? Now, I have no idea what the text said. I don't know what he said was missing. But here's the thing. Miss Bingley spends only two days on a pedestal. And I have a great time walking around Savannah with my... uh Lewis Carroll, my big standard poodle, and it costs only, I swear to God, it was only $900. Now, this is a first for Miss Bingley because every time Miss Bingley goes in for maintenance or anytime Miss Bingley goes anywhere, a Toyota repair shop, it's always 2000 and something. Always, always. So, this was only $900. So, that was fine until, oh God, <laughs> the next catastrophe. First, I heard a little ping, 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 ping. Then I heard a little jingle, 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 jingle. Then I heard a spot of... And then I heard a... Okay, I can't do voices. But no matter how often Lewis and I stopped, to buy earplugs and shove them two and three together into our ears, no matter how much money I was plunking down for noise-canceling headbugs, no matter how many scarves I wrapped around Lewis's head to keep the earplugs in from falling out, no matter how many earplugs I went into my own personal ears and how many noise-canceling headphones I was wearing, <sighs> you could still, and I could still hear Miss Bingley, who by this time, is bawling like a drunk at a Ted Nugent concert. I couldn't find a female mechanic. I always try to take Miss Bingley to female mechanics, uh, and you'll, you're going to find out why in about one minute. 
and so I drive her into this. Uh, okay, I'm going to change the name. I drive her through the doors of the Cleopatra Automotive in Blytheville, Arkansas. Okay. And Lewis and I are greeted by Ryan, <laughs> the owner, and Danny, the mechanic. Now, it's Danny, the mechanic, who's sucking on a straw, stuck in a McDonald's buttermilk crispy tenders cup, the size of a Kotex can in a ladies' restroom, and he's the one who warns me. Listen, he's about to abuse Miss Bingley, and now he's warning me. He's going to abuse Miss Bingley. He says, oh, I wish I had a camera to videotape you when Ryan here gives you them price on them wheel bearings, and you fall over backwards, and your dog Lewis there has to catch you. Uh, I'm not going to trouble you, ladies and gentlemen, with the particular <laughs> account of the monetary negotiations, just simply, I will just simply tell you that I spent the night at the beautiful Blytheville Holiday Inn. The next morning, Lewis and I returned to Cleopatra Automotive. I pay $1,051.51. Cheap, cheap. That's nothing. Listen, as I said before, it's always $2,000. Uh, and I paid without quibbling, and Lewis hopped into the back seat of Miss Bingley's running silent, just like a submarine, and we wave happy farewells and blithely leave Blytheville. <laughs> Three hours later, in Pocahontas, Missouri, Miss Bingley's brakes lock up, and we pirouette into a spin. Luckily, we were on a back road. It was a highway, but it was a back it's sort of a back road highway. Um, and I was already slowing down because Miss Bingley was making such a racket again. So when her brakes suddenly lock up and we go into this lax luster spin, I was all prepared and I slithered her up a incline, up, 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 up to slow her down. And she rolls to a stop. Get out your iPhones, get out your whatever you're looking. You got to look something up. Uh, and she rolls to a stop in this enormous parking lot. And I turn off Miss Bingley. I'm going to tell you about the bad man now. Uh, I know this particular Ask Eugene podcast is about cars and about whether I should buy the Subaru Impreza or the Toyota Prius, but I may tell you, uh, I'm going to tell you about a man. He's called, I called him the stocking man. Okay, I can't tell you from where the stocky man came from exactly. I'm in this enormous, enormous parking lot. There are no cars or trucks or vehicles anywhere. And suddenly, out of nowhere, walking towards me comes this thick man. He's looking at me hard with his small eyes. And he says in a sharp, accusatory voice, uh, like he's found me trying to take away his rights to sell guns uh, to 18-year-olds to shoot up schools. You can't park here! Now, I glance around. It is a totally empty parking lot. And I smile up at him. And I say, uh, you know, dude, I just lost my brakes. Now, 
if anyone with rational brain can see space for at least 50 or 60 cars, right? I mean, take a look at your Google Street View right now. Google Street View. Look up Semo Ag and Dairy Park Line. It's S-E-M-O, and then a second word, Ag, A-G, and Dairy Parking Line. It's 2.3 miles south of Pocahontas, Missouri. Okay, look it up. Take a look at the size of that parking lot. Do you think a mere 60 uh, cars could fit in there? Of course it could. Plus, I don't know, any number of semis. Okay, so uh, Lewis is leaning out his window. And I say to this guy, you know, in this vast parking lot, I say, the funniest thing just happened. I just lost my brakes. And just to show him how friendly I am, I zoomed down my window. That's like the stupidest thing I've done. So I'm, and the stocky man, now his face is all bloated, okay? And it's pale, like a runny egg. And it turns red with irritation. He's so irritated. In fact, the veins on his neck stand out like string shoes. You can't park here, he says. And he rolls his shoulders and he starts shoving his head forward. Oh, I say, and you know what I do? I hit the door locks and accidentally unlock all the doors. And I sing out in my most cheerful voice. Oh, I won't be here long. I'm just going to call for a tow. Cheerful, cheerful, cheerful. Stocky man stepped closer. And by the way, Lewis in the back seat, he's a standard poodle, but he is trying to kiss the guy. Okay, so forget that. So the stocky man uh, steps closer. Now he's dressed to sit in a duck blind. Okay, <clears throat> he's not tall, but he's husky with big, heavy shoulders and solid arms and topped with that bloated, runny egg head with the tiny eggs. Now, I'm not frightened of Stocky Man. I'm too old. I have lived uh, through too many adventures of this kind to be frightened or at least let's not. Uh, well, OK, OK, let's just say I'm not overly frightened. And he leans towards me and he says, you can't park here. But I can't drive, I say. My brakes just quit. I'm sitting on a hill. I can't. If I drive down this hill, I'm a dead woman. I don't say that, but, you know, I just say, he says, I don't care. Get out. And then he leaned forward the better to bring his horrible little eyes closer to mine. Get out now, he says. Now, ladies and gentlemen, do me a favor. Take a second glance at Google Maps. Take a look at Street View again. Perhaps this place has changed owners, or maybe Google has mislabeled it, but does that look like a dairy to you? You know, you don't expect to see milkmaids with pails, but come on, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what it is, but I can tell you this. At a time when all America is thirsting for advice, kicking an advice columnist with no breaks out of an empty parking lot indicates to me that stocky man is up to no good. I am not saying he's absolutely running the NRA's child porn operation. But suddenly I'm feeling pretty lucky uh, to escape 
with my life, I turned Miss Bingley on, and with no brakes, no brakes, zero brakes, I rolled back down the incline, going faster and faster, down, 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 down. Thank God no cars are coming down that Highway 61. And I shoot across Highway 61, across to Huck, H-U-C-K, Equine, the horse clinic, about 400 yards away, where I engage Miss Bingley's parking brake and call for a uh, tow to code, C-O-A-D, Toyota in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Oh, man, I'm glad to be alive. I love the free breakfast at the Drury Inn. I love the free, you know, they got free dinners there. Free dinners, they got free wine, they got free popcorn, they got free hot dogs. I mean, I don't eat that bullshit, but I'm going, I eat the popcorn. Uh, actually, uh, yeah. And, and you know, that indoor swimming pool, and it, you know, it was enough to make me forget Stocky Man and poor Miss Bingley and, you know, uh, Danny the mechanic. And, you know, I had a good three days there. So, uh, uh, it is dashing the cup of joy from my lips when Ashley, Miss Ashley calls from Code Toyota to say that the estimate is now, to fix Miss Bingley, is now $2,166. And that Miss Bingley needs a new axle. I'll be right over, I say. Okay, now, every woman here knows it takes a strong constitution and plenty of womanly confidence to go speak with a Bingley mechanic, right? So I put on my short velvet jacket. I put on my Stuart hunting plaid skirt, kilt, not not a skirt, a kilt for God's sakes. And with Lewis, uh, Lewis Carroll, uh, looking like Sir Walter Raleigh in his black collar and ruff of multicolored ribbons, we raise our courage by, oh God, here it comes, jogging to code Toyota. And we are just turning into the entrance of code to see Miss Bingley and talk about the the cost of the axle. And I am, of course, passionately um, preoccupied with the $2,166 and wondering how the hell I'm going to pay for it, plus the axle, when a chili red truck goes by and the guy in the passenger seat yells, I beg, you know, ladies, I beg your pardon again. I beg your pardon again. The guy in the passenger seat yells, Are you fucking that dog? Or possibly, Is that dog fucking you? I don't know. <laughs> and Lewis, uh, cut and kiss him. And I somersault over Lewis and land on my face. And if I hadn't had such a thick skull, it would have been the end of your advice column. Of course, the left knee is smashed to smithereens, the right elbow is sprained, and a salesman from Toyota runs out the front door. They explain, you flew, you flew, you flew in the air. I thought you were dead. So that's the story of Danny the Mechanic. In Cleopatra Automotive, 118 miles away from Blytheville, Arkansas, how he came to cause my two black eyes and broken nose. Danny, 
the mechanic, abused Miss Bingley so badly, she loses her brakes in Pocahontas. I'm assailed by Stocky Man, and Miss Bingley is towed uh, to Code Toyota in Cape Girardeau, where two guys drive by in a chili red truck and ask if I'm fucking my dog or if my dog is fucking me, and that dog causes me to fly over his back and land on my coconut. Thank you very much. Miss Bingley's last maintenance bill uh, from 11 months ago was $2,400. So, she's going to need more work. Now, I can't put another $2,000 into Miss Bingley. You know, I've already, oh, I, I haven't really, you know, I should have stopped to figure out how much money I put into her before I did this podcast, but of course I didn't do it. Um, the thing, here it comes down to this. As much as I love Miss Bingley, it's time to get a new car. So I decide I will get a new Prius, right? Basic, rock bottom, no bells, no whistles, 2022 Prius, $25,000. I've been saving up my money. It's a lot of money. But, you know, in today's car market, that 25000 is reasonable. So good, fine. So I'm looking online at the 2022. I mean, good luck. Fine. Okay. Anyway, so I'm looking online and guess what happens? My friend Bob, my friend Bob, my very good friend Bob and his wife are driving along a windy, windy road in the mountains and their teenage daughter is in the back seat and a guy on a huge motorcycle comes around a blind curve and hits them head on. The poor guy is killed instantly. Bob's car is totaled. But the whole family, which is shaken up, they're shaken up. But the car saved them. They got airbags exploding in all directions, right? They made it through this horrible crap. I mean, the car is mangled, but they make it through. What kind of car? Subaru. A Subaru. And so I'm looking at Subaru. Do you know that Subaru is like the safest, safest car on the road? They've got more safety features than it's incredible. So I started to do my research. Oh, I have lists of safety features. I was, uh, and I'm particularly interested in Impreza because it's cute. It's small. It's the cheapest one. I can get an Impreza for $20,000 and I can be safe in a, you know, with that has a 360 degree eyesight. You know, it stops automatically. It's, you know, it's just, it's just, it's got a million airbags. So, and, and Subaru is longer on the road after 10 years than uh, the Toyota Corolla. I don't know if it's longer on the road than the Prius, but it's still uh, longer on the road than almost nearly any other car. So, here's what I'm thinking. You got to help me out here. Here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking if I'm going to be driving, when half the people driving towards me are texting and the other half are drunk or on prescription drugs, don't I need all the safety features I can get? But then I think, isn't it better for the planet to be getting 58 miles per gallon with the Prius? Subaru only gets 38. I mean, 38 miles 
And but you know, that's probably an exaggeration. So what do I do? Uh, do I get the Prius, save the planet, and drive carefully? Or do I go on living until I'm 107 with the Subaru Impreza? You, uh, we got some comments coming in. Uh, we got, let's look at, uh, oh my God. Let's look at, oh, look at the Twitters. Hang on, let me find, oh, we got so many comments on Twitter. I don't, I won't be able to read them all, but, uh, you know, some are pretty good. Um, here's, here, here's people's advice to me. Um, Oh boy. <laughs> this I didn't, was not looking for. Toyota backs election deniers. If you care for that sort of thing, well, boy. That's from Life Loves Honey. Ketalari says, keeping you safe is a type priority. I like your safety pick. Okay, so there's two opposing views. Uh, Deborah Brown says, I drive a t- 2010 Prius. I just love it. It is the, just the best car. Okay. Um, Mark Hughes says, Lexus hybrid, both of both worlds, pure class. Uh, Lynn says, I wish I knew how to call it. Lynn, are you there? I love talking about cars. She says, Lynn, are you here? All you have to do is click that you want to talk. That's all you have to do. Um, uh, so click away, Lynn. Um, and then Maltese Mama says, does the Subaru come all electric? I definitely recommend electric. I'm not sure I have to look that up. Uh, Hands down Subaru. Um, The question is, how can I? Oh, boy. Jay Vanderdorp says, the question is, how can I accelerate the climate emergency so that we all die sooner? Well, that puts it in a nutshell. Um, And Margie's voted blue says, I'd get the Subaru with the best safety features. And and then, listen, everybody, okay, I've been driving Priuses since 2005. I love them. Uh, So this is, those are some of the Twitter, and then some of our other comments. Oh, boy. Gene says, I have a white 2010 Prius. It's dusty from Arizona. These are from the Asking Gene website where we're talking about cars. If you want to go there and join this conversation, it's egenecarroll.substack, egenecarroll.substack, and the post is Joyride. And Gene says, I have a white 2010 Prius. It's dusty from Arizona dirt roads. I don't wash it very often. It has three bumper stickers. Make democracy work, vote, recycle, Okay, and then she and then she names all her. She says it's her second Prius, and I love the gas mileage. But now that I know about Toyota supporting the orange Twitler, I won't get another one. Oh boy! See, this is uh, I see this Claire Claire Zulke, my good friend. Claire says when I was out of town. Right before the pandemic, my husband bought, brought home a Tesla as a surprise. I have mixed feelings about this car. It has a lot of stupid bells and whistles, like fart noises on command. Oh, that's, I gotta say, that's pretty cool. And things that make you have to take your eyes off the road. I do not get the obsession with Elon Musk, says uh, Claire. I had a bad experience 
of range anxiety. Are you all aware of range anxiety? That means if you're in an electric car, you're almost out of range where you're going to run out of uh, power. Uh, so she says she had range anxiety during a cold weekend earlier this year where I was in danger of running completely out of juice in the middle of nowhere. But, but, big but, I do love not paying for gas right now and heating, cooling it from afar with my phone. I'd like to find an electric car where the company is not run uh, by such an asshat, <laughs> followed by so many asshats, uh, but I don't know if there's such a thing. Uh, maybe, and here's one of the great lines, maybe the only virtuous car is a bike. Uh, I'm looking for, uh, you know who stopped in to make a comment? The illustrious Robbie Myers, you know, former editor-in-chief of Elle. Um, and she said, <laughs> she said, I left a very sweet message. I'm not going to read it because it's all about, you know, it's, she says Miss Bingley, she's going to visit Miss Bingley when Miss Bingley is in MoMA. Uh, and, uh, you know, she says, which are, uh, she's, uh, uh, she's, uh, she doesn't really come down on either side. Let me see. Um, anybody have uh, any advice for me? Here we go. I know some of you do. Do you want me to go on reading this? I Oh. <laughs> we got some bad Prius remarks here, but we have no negative Subaru. No negative Subaru. That they're both very boring cars. I apologize for ending this podcast with this boring cars because cars say so much about who we are and uh where we've been and they say so much about our characters. Uh you know, what kind of cars we we love, what kind of cars we hate. It says a lot about us as individuals. Um, and if you uh, want to give uh, your comments, do come to uh, my little humble substack. Uh, it's eugenecarroll.substack.com. Um, and uh, just go to the substack, uh, the uh, post called Joyride. And um, that's it. If nobody wants to speak, you guys, wait a minute. We got somebody who wants to speak. Take next caller. Schnarf, have you got some advice? Hello. Uh, I'm selling my car. Oh, good. What do you got? I have a 2008 Honda Accord. It's a four-door. Uh, there's a couple dings on it, but like, you know, with the with gas prices the way it is, I think it's a very, very you know, smart buy, and I'm selling it for seven thousand dollars. Whoa! What's the you, mileage? What's the mileage? It is a hundred and ten miles. A hundred and ten thousand miles, and what yep. color is it? What color is it? It's black. It's black, and it's a say. Say what kind of car it is again? It's a Honda Accord. <sighs> You know, that's what, a what was really, that noise? It's a really dreadfully boring car. It looks boring. Listen, uh, listen. What? A car, a car is for getting from point A to point B. You can, you can keep, uh, you can keep your personality interesting, and you know, maybe get some new lipstick and maybe oh. buy some new clothes. But like that'll make you more interesting. But the car is is it's all about being dependable. Yeah. Now tell me, how are the safety features on your Honda? 
Oh, you have to take the the car and the 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 passenger side airbag as a defect, and I've just been yeah. so busy with work, I haven't taken it in. But they'll they'll replace it. Other than that, I would say that you know, like I I, I live in New York and I drive pretty crazy, and um, I haven't had any issues at all. The car is pre- it's fairly dependable. I would say that probably in the next like thirty thousand miles, you might want to replace some of the shocks, but. Other than that, it's a good buy. So you're in New York, so you don't need to. You don't need a car. That's not true. I am in New York, and I am in the confines of New York City, and I still do need a car. If you live in the outer boroughs, you need a car. Well, okay. So take me through. So you're going to sell this? Have you bought a new car yet? No, actually, what I'm playing, I I started working remote, so I don't need. I don't need a car anymore. Well, guess what. It's very, very difficult to buy a car now. I was at a Toyota dealer two days ago. There was a 2021 Prius with less than 25,000 miles on it. It was $38,000. That originally was 25000 And you know what? The, the, the guy told me if I ordered a new Prius right now, uh, it would take six months before they even started to think of building it. So this is, you know, maybe you should hang on to that car for a little while until the market gets into shape. No, it's just, it's it's more difficult because you know what it is, is that I have alternate side of the, uh, the street oh, parking right. and then right. I got to move the car. And then here's the other thing is that actually like other people come pick me up and I'm, I'm usually not the one driving. So no, I gotta, what do yeah. I really need one well, I have a friend who pays eight hundred dollars a month for parking. You know, that's yeah, more than that, that friend and me don't have anything in common. <laughs> no, me either. No, but and actually, I think I'm. I, I think I'm. Oh, well, I have to call her after this podcast. But I think I'm underplaying it. I think it's more expensive than that. It's very expensive to have a car in New York City. Are you in the New York or Brooklyn or where are you, Queens? I'm in. I'm in Co-op City in the Bronx. Wow, that parking cannot be easy around there. Well, it, it is and it isn't. So let's put it this way: if you park on the street, you run the you run the chance of people breaking into your cars. And actually, right. the one thing I don't like about Hondas is that they're incredibly easy to break into. Um, so you know, a lot of people target them. The same thing is true with American cars. Like if you park your car in certain yeah. places, they'll steal your gas cap because there's no, there's no, no locking mechanism on that. Well, we just had a guy who, uh, talking on the ASCII gene, uh, uh, substack. Somebody just stole his converter out of his uh, Prius this morning. That is, uh, it's, it's, it's strange. What, you know what, why don't you go put a for sale sign on the Eugene Carol dot substack? Uh, dot com and you may get a buyer there you know nobody hadn't thought about it. we're all talking about how cars look and the style of cars and our favorite cars and how fast we drove but maybe you could just say you know i'm selling this uh honda you know Scott, have you, you know, ever driven on the sidewalk me yeah of course <laughs> yeah. do you know who you're talking of course i've driven on the sidewalk uh, upside through barns and everything else have you ever driven on the sidewalk 
I have. I miss You know what it is? I miss the pandemic. Like when it first started, I'm not going to lie. I, I had so much fun with that car. I actually like was driving on the, on the street and I would drive on the sidewalk. There was no yeah. one there. It was no fantastic. One there. No one there. Uh, but we had, uh, I'm so glad you called in. We're going to, uh, we're going to say adios now to everybody. I want, uh, um, you know, before we uh, play the greatest theme song since Aretha sang Pink Cadillac, I want you to remember what George Carlin said. Conservatives are not pro-life. They are anti-woman. And the ASCII Gene music is by Los Caterpillars, Greg Tallenfeld and Melanie Rock. The incidentals are by Little Red Church. Show art by the Rembrandt of his generation, Silent James. E. Gene is produced by, are you kidding? The dog is played by Guffington Von Fluke. The cat is played by Vagina T. Fireball. Email us at e.gene at ascigene.com or send me a juicy voicemail, which may, we may play on the show, at 845-682-0881. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. The show will be on Apple and, and Spotify tomorrow. For God's sakes, give us five stars. And remember what I always say, darling. Fate loves the fearless. Call her on the phone. Call her on the phone. When you're all alone, just ask Eugene. Call her on the phone. All alone If you need to pick up bone Booby, ask a G Ask a G Ask a G Good old Auntie E Will fix your shit Shit.